0: Hey South Africa, it's great to be back with another Farmers Inside Track Weekend Edition podcast. As you know, we tackle hot topics in Mzanzi's agricultural industry, along with farming advice to get any new farmer up to sprinting speed. This week, Food for Mzanzi journalist Sinesi Potom connects with Alton Grieve, an agripreneur and a former Chief Director, Strategic Land Reform Interventions at the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. He weighs in on the recent unrest in South Africa and what we can learn from it. Over to you, Sine. Yeah,
1: I'm saying, can you please tell me a little bit about what you do?
2: I've been in the agricultural sector for about 25 years, going on 26. I served 20 years in government, then in 2017, joined the private sector, did a bit of private consulting. But now I'm working for an international fruit import and export company. I'm based in Ceres, South Africa. And I'm basically doing marketing and fruit sourcing for them in South Africa.
1: So Elton, you know, you've highlighted in your recent thought piece on Food from Zansi that the unfortunate events earlier this month have demonstrated that our democracy is fragile. Could you break this down for us?
2: If you look at the first indication, the fact that people had to go to the extent of looting, regardless of the context in which it happened, The fact that people undertook it is is the first indication that there is a problem. For the extent of violence, the extent of destruction, that's not just about whether it's democracy or not, it's economic and social. And those are the fundamentals of our democracy. If you have people that are suffering economically and socially, there has to be an element that indicates that somewhere along the line, we have fragility somewhere in the system. People expressing the anger in such a manner, which clearly to me shows that as much as we have a constitution, as much as we have rights, how this transformed into the kind of dynamics we saw indicates to me that there is a fragility. We are fragile. And uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, response shows that we weren't ready for it. It's a clear indication that the fragility was, the fault lines were there. They were just exposed through these incidents.
1: So, you know, after all the unrest, you see that people are now standing together, you know, and demonstrating the power of citizenry in South Africa. Is this enough to build up South Africa again?
2: I think it's a good start. It's not enough, but it's an extremely good start to see that South Africans, regardless of race or creed, actually stood up together. That's what South Africa needed. It's unfortunate that it took the destruction of this magnitude for people to actually realize that as South Africans, we need to stand together. Not that we have to stand together against government or against anybody. But if we want to make a difference in South Africa, economically and socially, we have to stand together. Whether it's big business, small business, black or white, regardless, we have to stand together. And this was demonstrated most, of of course, for Zula Natal and in Gauteng. I was quite surprised in the one instance my mom had to go to the shop, but she was too scared. She had people that walked with her. She's in her 60s, took her to the shop, made sure she was safe and brought her back. That's a caring that we need in South Africa, but we need to elevate that caring on a broader social level and a broader economic level. And somewhere along the line, government needs to meet the citizenry halfway and say, we commend you for what you did. We commend you for standing together. How do we now, together with government, take this baton forward and build on it? So to say, yes, we stood together, but I think we need to do more, definitely. And the lessons learned out of people standing together and. Tell, must be extended to the rest of the country where we can genuinely stand together, not in a critical, but in a developmental and a forward-looking process of building our country. That's the only way we can do it. I think the days of criticizing government or waiting for governments to do things is seeing to, more towards a leniency towards citizens doing it themselves. And I'm not calling for vigilantism, but I'm saying, if we build together, if we work together, we can build this country, and it's a great country.
1: I agree with you. And, you know, what are some of the lessons, you know, we can learn from the agricultural industry, you know, after the recent events? As you state that the industry is resilient, what can we learn and how do we move forward?
2: As I indicated in the, in the article I wrote, if you look at the events over the last three, four, five years in agriculture, the droughts, the farm murders, economic challenges, input costs, Farmers have always had this notion of banding together and finding solutions together, regardless of the race, regardless of where you come from or the scale of farmers. If you look at the drought relief, people drove from all corners of the country and provided drought relief to each other. Farmers came out in numbers with the recent riots and supported people with food, vegetables, etc. But if you look at the COVID-19 pandemic, agriculture was one of the few industries that actually grew during that period because of the resilience of the sector. And in order for the sector to be able to do that, it comes down to individuals who participate in communities and build socially and economically. If you look in the series area, for example, you have a large agricultural community, but it's a community. Mm. It's people working together. Yes, there's competitive nature in terms of exports, imports, but it's a community. And across the country, you'll see farmers band together, regardless of race, and they work together. And what we can learn from that when there are difficulties how do we come together sit down around the table and together work out the solutions rather than work against each other you know sometimes we south africa we have a tendency when there's a problem we want to polarize it, we want to apportion blame and i must go back to one of the chinese philosophies fix it deal with it and then come back and analyze but unfortunately in south africa we often spend too much time analyzing and too little time doing and in the agricultural sector there is no time to ponder, you have to act, you have to do. And that is what's so nice about the community, is that togetherness.
1: Agricultural exports are high at the moment, contrary to you know some claims that investors have lost confidence in South Africa. What is your view on this?
2: Well, my view and my experience is that there has been a lot of positivity from the international community. As mentioned earlier, I work for an international fruit company that is actively sourcing fruit in South Africa they've watched the incidents in South Africa with great concern. And that concern doesn't necessarily translate into negativity, it's a positivity. They want to do business in South Africa. They want to be part of Grand South Africa. And there's been an active rollout in terms of acquiring fruit and other agricultural fresh produce from South Africa. We've seen a massive uptake from Asia for citrus and other fruit. And we, on a daily basis, are engaging with producers, with agents to say, we're looking for fruit. We have massive demand for it in Asia. But unfortunately, with these disruptions, some businesses aren't ready for that kind of uptake. So it is something that from an investor, from a foreign trade perspective, that we are more than willing to engage in. And that positivity that came out of the situation it needs to be built on um, investors. And what we've seen from engagements with a lot of international companies is, there's a greater willingness to help South Africa. There's a greater willingness to do business in South Africa. And that's why I say in my article, we must build on the power of brand. It's a powerful brand. It's got a lot of exposure internationally. And I think at times, South Africans, we tend to want to minimize or depreciate that value of brand South Africa. And it's a powerful brand we must just build on.
0: Thanks, Inesipo and Alton Grieve. Agripreneur and a former chief director, Strategic Land Reform Interventions at the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. Next up, we connect with Dr. Sifiso Ntombela, a Chief Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council and Facilitator for the Independent Dialogue on the South African Media Engagement at the UN Food System Summit 2021. Dr. Tumbela. As an agricultural economist, how do you see the media's role in helping people understand the importance of
3: food systems? Having access to nutritionists and safe food is a constitutional right for every citizen that resides in South Africa. The media is one of the critical actors of the food value chain system by ensuring that it increases awareness and expands access into accurate information by all the citizens of the country in terms of understanding the availability of food, the accessibility of that food, as well as the distribution system that ensures the food is delivered in each and every South African in the country. So in terms of the role that is played by the media, it is essential that it maintains that communication that is effective, accurate, and ensures that every citizen understands that South Africa has a stable, as well as viable food system. Yes, there are some challenges in terms of the affordability of food, but in general, South Africa has a food-secured system and media is critical to ensure that it keeps that information accessible by every citizen.
0: And what has the COVID-19 pandemic taught you about the importance of creating more sustainable food systems?
3: While South Africa is well known and recognized as a food-secured country, At the household level, challenges of access and affordability of food remains a challenge. And media has played a very important role in the past in ensuring that those challenges are uplifted in terms of the policy debate, as well as business development to ensure those challenges are addressed by the policymakers and industry captains. The advent of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 added a new pressure in terms of the food system in the country, where more people were unable to afford or excess food. And this taught us some of the key lessons around this maintained duality of the food system in the country where on one hand, you have a very viable and resource rich actors of the commercial and large established agribusinesses. On the other hand, you have very vulnerable as well as resource poor farmers and agribusinesses. And with COVID-19, what it taught us is that while the two streams of agricultural economy, those that are operating in the formal and informal sector, are equally important and they can coexist in delivering a well-balanced and coordinated food system in the country. So this is one of the very critical lessons that we have learned from the COVID-19, that policies, as well as instruments of support, those that are financial and non-financial, must be designed in the manner that it support and it promote the coexistence of the large established commercial operators as well as the informal traders and other small and medium farmers and agro because the two are servicing the different parts of the country and are also essential of having this balance and the de-risking de- of our food system in the country. So it's critically important that that lesson we've learned during the height of the COVID in the country is really embedded in the policy design and policy debate going forward, as well as how resources, those of national provincial as well as local from the government perspective, even that of industry associations are then allocated informed by this lesson you have learned from the pandemic. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for minutes minutes and tell me I'm wrong.
0: Thanks for joining us, Dr. Sifison Tombella, Chief Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Council. For more updates on this story and about the upcoming UN Food System Summit 2021, visit foodformzanzi.co.za. Also, don't miss our next Farmers Inside Track podcast. And if you love this one, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. Until next time, stay safe.
1: You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Forms Anzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.